be seated. Amen. Thank you, all you folks that helped us in worship this morning. I want to invite you to turn to 1 Peter today. We're going to be out of 1 Thessalonians for these two weeks for Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. So we're going to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to read the text today that covers this week and next week. So we get the full context. Um, and we're going to do it backwards. I'll explain that, I guess. It'll make more sense, I guess, when, when you hear it. We're actually going to cover verses 10 through 12 today, and then next week we'll start with verse 3 and move forward. The sermon this morning is entitled, Grace to You. Grace to You. I want to remind you before we read here in just a moment that Peter is writing to remind uh, all these Christians that are scattered far and wide of their high calling and to live in light of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, even though they find themselves in very difficult circumstances. We're going to see a bit of how he encourages them based on the resurrection of Jesus in this text this week and next week. Again, just verses 10 through 12 today, but we'll read it all together. The theme, and I'm going backwards, the theme this morning, God's gracious salvation was aimed at you and revealed at the right time for your eternal benefit. God's gracious salvation was aimed at you and revealed at the right time for your eternal benefit. My hope that this morning is that this morning you would leave here with the full knowledge. Get me here, get me here. This is, this is so critical to the sermon, okay? That you would leave here with the full knowledge of how incredibly fortunate you are to live in the days when prophecies concerning salvation have come to pass. You heard from the reading earlier. Prophets and kings, prophets and kings wanted to know what you get to hear today. And they didn't get to. I want you to leave here fully acknowledging how incredibly fortunate you are to live in this age. Where we have the full knowledge of the gospel and all its details. Tom Schreiner says that this is Peter's main point here, so that's our main goal today. For the believer, this means that today's best application is to respond to God in thanksgiving and worship. For the rest, that means that today is the day of salvation for repentance, for faith in Jesus, for surrendering to him as Lord, that is what today is for. So I want you to read with me 1 Peter 1, 3 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, 
He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now verse 10. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were not They were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Let's pray once more. God, help us send the Spirit to open up our broken minds, our crooked minds, our sleepy minds. Let us see your word so that we may see Jesus with the eyes of faith. Build us up in that faith for having been here together, Father. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace to you. Grace to you. The title comes from that phrase there. They inquired about the grace that was to be yours. So I'm going to give you two groups. You can probably identify the two groups. Two groups that want something you have. Two groups that want something you have from this text here today. First off... And I broadened it to those prophets and those people who heard those prophecies in those days. But saints of old longed to know what you know. Saints of old longed to know what you know. He says the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours, they searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and subsequent glories. So here it is. On this Palm Sunday, we think about Zechariah proclaiming, Behold, your king is coming to you righteous. And having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's Zechariah 9, 9 and 10. Zechariah only had an idea of what was coming. 
I've heard it likened to um, like a, a pencil drawing. Old Testament prophets, they got to see a little bit of what was going to happen, but it was not detailed. It was not clear. It was not full color. And yet we are on the other side and we get to see that full color picture. We may even say, say the, the motion picture from scripture. So Zechariah, yeah, he had an idea, but it was only an idea of what was coming. And when Isaiah exclaimed, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is, is with him and his recompense before him. As 62, 11, Isaiah didn't know all the details. And when the psalmist prophesied, save us, we pray, oh Lord, Oh, Lord, we pray, give us success. Hosanna. When the psalmist wrote, Hosanna, God save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. Psalm 118, 24, and 25. That writer only knew types and shadows. And all those people laying down their coats, waving palm branches and shouting, Hosanna. They had the prophetic fulfillment before their very eyes. And if they had the spiritual eyes to see and spiritual ears to hear, they would have not cried out together just a few days later, crucify him. Saints of old long to know what you know, saint. What you're hearing today, even if you don't know the Lord Jesus, what you're hearing today, those old saints, they wanted to know that. So we notice a few things about what they did. First off, they spoke of grace to you first. They spoke of grace to you. This grace that he talks about right here, is a big grace. It's the grace that he talked about uh, from the beginning of the letter. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. And then in verse 13, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So this is a big grace that spans the life of a believer and reaches into the new creation. It's grace that was reserved for you, grace to you. That you, by God's grace, are alive at this point in history when the gospel is being preached with clarity and boldness. It's grace that you have the resource of the Holy Spirit's help. The grace that local churches are spread far and wide, testifying to the crucified and risen Lord Jesus. This grace was meant for you. You know when you get an outfit tailor-fitted, you know, that, that outfit is made for you. And unfortunately, it's made for you at that time. And then you eat your Easter dinner and you're like, man, this wasn't as, this wasn't this tight, you know, earlier. It's tailored for you. It's fitted for you. This is grace to you. And has he noticed Note, notes here for us 
This grace is not the grace for the prophets. This does not mean that they did not receive grace. No, they received God's immeasurable grace. Yet it wasn't packaged the same way. And God's grace is extended to you today to meet you right where you are, to produce the things that he wants to produce in you. It's an all-sufficient grace, which means that you can't walk away from the word of God today and blame the word or some sin or someone else or even God himself. There's no lacking in God's grace. And that grace is on display for you here today. And it's that grace that only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. You didn't earn it. It's grace. He gave it to you as a gift. Jesus Christ comes to you as a gift. But they spoke of this grace to you. They also searched for the details. It says they searched intently and extensively. They went to every possible link to discover the things that we know. They considered the matter from every possible angle. And I would say Daniel, the prophet Daniel, is a good example of a prophet who prophesied about things that he admittedly did not understand. And so what did he have to do? After receiving visions and getting the word from God, he said, my spirit within me was anxious. And the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all this. Daniel had to say, I've heard from God. Now, I need help understanding what he's telling me. But you know, the prophets, they exercised every ounce of intellect to know what is laid clear before us today. You have the details. You have all the details you need right before you, right now, and that is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the good news. The good news. We have that record, not only in Scripture, but the historical record. We have the eyewitnesses. We have the martyrs. All these things. The appearances of the Lord Jesus in his resurrected body. You have everything you need. All the details you need. All the grace you need. And I'll tell you, not all your questions will be answered. Those in our Tuesday Bible study, we talked about this. Like People who want their questions answered ultimately are not willing to take that step of faith. If you have all your questions answered, it's no longer faith. And you have made yourself into God. The response is faith. They searched for these details and then they surrendered to their call. They surrendered to their call. It says there in verse 12, it was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves. They were faithful to what the Lord gave them and their ministry to fulfill their purpose in the kingdom. And they simply did not get to know what you know. You're starting to get it. Like the message today, the point today is very simple. It also tells us that they served 
you. So they were not serving themselves, but you. So open your Bible, saint. You know that thing that, that you might not have cracked all week? Open your Bible, your completed record of redemptive history, the full account of everything that God has done and will do. Read its content with a clear view of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King, and acknowledge that Isaiah, Jeremiah, Obadiah, Amos, Malachi, Joel, these are your servants. They wrote so that you could read and understand with clarity. They served you. And they serve you today. So we see that first group. Those saints of all long to know what you know. Well, there's another group that's mentioned in the text. There's another group. It says there, verse 12... Revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you and the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. Things into which angels long to look. And I want to give you an image in your mind to understand like what this actually means. The image Imagine that, that young child, okay, that wants to see everything that everybody else is seeing. And he stretches and he reaches and he gets on his tippy toes and he just can't uh, rise enough to be able to see what he wants to see. This is the angel right here. They want to see what we have Servants from heaven long to experience what we can. They want to see what we have and not just see it like some story told way over there, but they want to see it like an experience. They want to be involved in what we get to be involved in. Saints, angels, get this, angels want what you have. Now, every opportunity I get, every opportunity angels come up in the scriptures, I want to remind you folks that when we die, believer, we do not become angels. I don't know where that came from. We do not become angels. So stop saying that at the funeral. Here's what we know about angels. Just a brief sort of angelology to get to the point Angels cannot experience redemption. First off, angels are not made in God's image. Back up a minute. To say that we become angels, to say that we become angels, believers, when we die, that would be a demotion. Do you understand? That would be a demotion. Other than you'd probably look really, really weird if you study the angels in the Bible. Right? Bunch of eyes, bunch of wings. We are not the same. 
So here we go. Angels are not made in God's image, Genesis 1, 26, 27. Let us make man in our image. The crown jewel of creation, the perfect created order before the fall, angels are not made in God's image. But also, we learn from Jesus' words, angels do not reproduce. They do not bear children. Matthew twenty-two thirty-four in the resurrection, talking of believers, they are neither they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Don't reproduce. Don't marry. So we can conclude on this that the number of angels is fixed from creation. There's no angels added. There's no angels lost, including those that fell, as Ezekiel records, with Satan. Angels are not made in God's image. Angels cannot bear children. Angels, did you know this, will be judged by humans. 1 Corinthians 6.3, Paul says, Do you not know that we are to judge angels how much more than matters pertaining to this life? To say that we become angels is a demotion. It doesn't happen. Please remember this and kindly correct anybody that needs correcting because you love them. Here's here's the, the final point, the point for our text today. All of this to say angels cannot experience redemption. Angels long to look into what you have. They desire. You know the word there in certain contexts? The word is actually like lust. It's not, it's not a sinful word. Hear me. In certain contexts, it clearly indicates sinful desire. But this desire is strong is the point. They want so bad to know what you Experience, and this is what our text shows us today. Angels don't understand being lost in sin and hopeless and blind and ignorant to spiritual things. They don't know what it's like to hear, really, really hear the good news of the gospel for the first time. They don't know. They don't know what it's like to experience the conviction of sin and to receive the the heart-regenerating ministry of the Holy Spirit. Angels don't know what it's like to be spiritually dead and then made alive in Christ. They don't understand what it's like to fight sin as a believer, to experience grace, to grow in sanctification. They don't know what it's like to be made more and more and more like Christ according to the eternal purpose of the Father. They don't know what it's like to be resurrected from the dead, glorified as we will be. They long to experience what you can experience. You could imagine for the believer, scattered from persecution, under the pressure of society. You could imagine for the believer, hearing this News, the prophets you learn from, they wanted to be in your position. Angels want to have what you have. You can imagine how that would bolster your faith. It would build you up. It would strengthen you for the task. It would help you to recognize that I, oh, by God's grace, 
I am so fortunate. I am so fortunate. They long to experience what you can experience. What are the things that they long to experience? He says right there beforehand. The things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels desire to look into what you are hearing today. So from the text, receive the gospel call. Receive the gospel call. It says they wanted to hear, they wanted to know about these things, to experience these things. The gospel preached, a preacher of that blessed good news, the Holy Spirit given from heaven to the church at Pentecost to be with the true church forever. The Holy Spirit that maybe, hopefully now, is working on your heart and mind to instill that gospel seed in you and to bring you to saving faith, to bring you, in the end, to full maturity in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the gospel call. Christ died for you, was buried. He rose again. That gospel can be yours. That promise of eternal life can be yours through repentance and faith. This is for you today. Grace to you right now. God's rich grace. Hopefully you understand maybe a bit more just how privileged, fortunate, blessed you are, saint, to be in this position today, hearing God's word, the gospel of Jesus Christ. God has made it plain to you. Prophets. Long to know what you know. Angels, long to experience what you can. And the question is, have you experienced that? Have you experienced the grace of God in salvation? Receive the gospel call and respond to the gospel. The Bible says, repent of sin, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. An experience no angel has ever had. And we return to that scene as we conclude. We return to that scene. Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. These people had the Lord Jesus right before their eyes all the fulfillment of all the prophetic writings, the eternal king of glory, yet they would reject him. So I ask you, would you today cry out 
Would you today cry out, Hosanna to the King of Kings. Save me. Surrender your life to the Lord Jesus today. Follow him in baptism and spend your days in service to him. The scripture says, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. That includes you. God has shown you favor, whether you believe today or whether you yet to believe, God has shown you favor in making the gospel message very clear to you. Will you believe on Jesus today? Saint, will you worship? Will you give thanks to the God of heaven for allowing you to know the things that prophets didn't get to know in their lives? Would you give thanks to God the things that are even too great? They're even too great for angels to understand or certainly experience. Let's worship the Lord, the grace that is found in Jesus alone. We'll pray. I'll be available if you need to pray with me. If you need counsel, join me. Father, we rejoice this morning with joy inexpressible, filled with glory as we look forward to the outcome of our faith, the eternal salvation of our souls. Let us be filled with joy, Father, at this revelation of Christ, that we know him, that we love him, even though we have not seen him, and though now we do not see him, we believe. God, do the work that you can do, saving and sanctifying We pray in Jesus' name, amen.